Hey there, I'm Andrew Ainsworth, a proud supporter of Sword and Laser, thanks to Patreon.com. It's easy to set up, and what do you get out of it? Endless geeky bantering about the latest sci-fi and fantasy books. So if you want to help out, head over to Patreon.com slash Sword and Laser. Give a little, and get a lot of Veronica mispronouncing things. Welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and of course, awesome discussions from fans just like you. And I'm having a bottle of Cass Anvar. <laughs> that's not a drink. That's a character on a <laughs> fictional television and novel series. Oh, yeah. It's not an actor. It's a character. Yeah. Um, actually having a bottle of Cass Cast Fresh, a Korea's number one beer. Oh, wait, it, that is the character's name and not the person's name, right? Uh, yes. No, that is the no, actor's name. That's the actor's name. Okay. Yeah. I was right. I, <laughs> I was right the first time yes, before I corrected myself. I was wrong. Myself. And then My I correction was, was wrong. Isn't that amazing, though? Like, it's Alex. Alex Kamal. Kamar? Kamal. Kamal. You're the one who's read all the books. I just see his handsome, handsome face on the Maybe television show. Maybe if I drink more Cass Fresh Korea's number one beer, it'll come to me. <laughs> I am weirdly, I feel like it's weirdly, Why drinking weird? Bailey's on the Rocks. Because I feel like that's something I drank when I was a, a young person <laughs> who didn't know how to drink alcohol. I'm having a Goldschlager myself. <laughs> no. How's, how's your Jägermeister keg? All right. All right. Well, anyway. Now, Bailey's on the Rocks, is it, it, it is one of those weird drinks where it is definitely a favorite of the the young collegiate student, mm-hmm. uh, but also acceptable in the cocktail set. Is it you know like uh, at holidays? If you if I think we're close I'm, enough I'm to right December, mm-hmm. yeah, that it's fine. If you were drinking this in July, that'd, nah, be, that'd weird. be weird. Yeah, I'm in I'm in cozy mode right now. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about cozy mode a little later. We on. We are I'm very excited. Excellent about. segue. Thank you. All right, that but was right a tease now, ahead. Actually, I'm sorry. You're right. Is the tease? We're teasing right now. We're we're segueing. Right now, we're being meta and talking about what we're talking about. We're sausage and how we're talking making. about it. Quick burns. <laughs> hey, uh, first of all, a real real quick note to uh, Dara Dara. You do the greatest quick burns posts. You're always pithy, Aww. informative, and sourced with a link. Uh, I always have a sense of relief when I see it's posted by Dara. So thank you. For doing it well. That's all I wanted to say. Dara posted that BBC America has ordered an eight-episode adaptation of the City Watch novels of Discworld. The watch is described in the announcement as a punk rock thriller that takes its inspiration from the City Watch books in Terry Pratchett's Discworld series. It follows a group of misfit cops as they fight to save a ramshackle city of normalized wrongness from both the past and future in a perilous quest per the BBC. I will definitely watch that. And oh, yeah. also, you just shot Dara Dara way ahead of Trike and the scorecard, by oh, the way. Oh, you're going to call that out? I have to call it out. I mean, this has been a long running thread. It was, not meant, it was not meant that way. Trike does a fine job in the Quick Burns, does a fine job. But like that was a that no was a aspersions huge kudos. were meant to be cast. Kudos on the show. That was, I don't know how many points that even is. <laughs> That's uh, we'll we'll leave the the forums to figure that one out. But see, now you got me feeling guilty. (laughs) Hey, I mean, it can go either way. It's it's a tight race. It is, and I don't understand. 
that's just, I don't understand it either. I don't I know what the say, point system is. That's, I, that is good for both of them that they both can score points. I don't know what those points are. <laughs> we're just sometimes I feel just like bystanders. Like yeah, the world is just moving on without me. <laughs> yeah. And mm. I'm totally okay with that. No, me too. Mark says a new Laundry Files novel by Charles Strauss was released this week, The Labyrinth Index. The author has thoughtfully provided a briefing for readers who may not be up to speed on his peculiar insights about mobile phones, mathematics, and eldritch horrors. Oh, Chuck Strauss. Yeah. We, the last one we read was, we read Rule 34. Correct. And I have not had the the fortune to read another Charles Strauss novel since then, which I feel has been a detriment to my reading list. That is one of the problems with this show. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I've gotten better about it over the years, I'll be honest, in, mm-hmm. in, in giving myself a little more flexibility. Uh, I've just gotten better at reading more books, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I was able to read Mike Cole's uh, second book in the Armored Saint series. The second book already came out. Oh, yeah. It's oh, good. Wow. Yeah, Queen of Queen Queen of Thorns. Wait, now I'm, I'm it's too much Cass. Too much Cass. You're <laughs> all cast Cass. up. Um, it's all Cass Anvar here. It's okay. Well, you'll figure that out. But that's uh, Charles Strauss is a great author, and I, I'm excited. And it's nice that there's a briefing too. I feel like that's useful for readers, not just who are catching up, but also who maybe haven't read the novels recently. It's like a previously on, which is always Queen of Crows. Queen of Crows. Thank Queen you. of Crows is the Mike Cole book. The Charles Strauss book is the Labyrinth Index. Uh, David wrote that the World Fantasy Awards were announced in Baltimore. Victor Laval's The Changeling and Fondalee's Jade City tied for best novels. In fact, David said, I was at the World Fantasy Convention when this was announced. So that was a fun experience. And I got to hear Fondalee do a reading as well. That's awesome. Wow, a tie. That's crazy. Yeah. Good for them. Good uh, for both of them. They were up against City of Brass. Mm-hmm. One Ka, of my favorites of this year. Ka, Dar Oakley and the Ruin of Emir by John Crowley. Mm-hmm. Um, City of Brass by S.A. Chakraborty. Uh, the Strange Case of the Alchemist's Daughter by Theodore Goss. And Spoonbenders by Daryl Gregory. So good, uh, good these, picks there. Two, all right, two, of these, two of these I have read. One of these is in my office right Three now. Three of these you have read. Strange Case of the Alchemist's Daughter, right? Yeah. No. Okay. You're right. Jade City. Jade City. Jade City. City of Brass and Strange Case of the Alchemist Daughter I read. And one of the other ones Mm -hmm. is in my office right now. You know what that means. You're going to read it. I'm going to read it. And maybe. Read the words right out of that. I'll make all of you read it too. (laughs) Oh, is that what that means? (laughs) I see where you're going. That's what that voice meant. Gotcha. Uh, So it's up to you to figure that out. (laughs) We shall see which one it could be. (laughs) <laughs> Trike says, new interview in The Guardian with George R.R. R. Martin. And over on, uh, well, where to go? There it is. There's my open tab. Oh, Lord, that is the biggest pop-up from The Guardian I've ever seen. They just anyway, want you to give them money, okay? Just, give them, just save them. Just give them the money. Save journalism. And uh, the, the title of this post is, uh, George R. R. Martin, when I began A Game of Thrones, I thought it might be a short story. <laughs> I think the best part about this interview... <laughs> Allison Flood, who wrote this interview for The Guardian, starts off with the strict instructions not to ask about the winds of winter that <laughs> everyone gets when they interview George R. R. Martin uh, and uh, and goes on to basically talk about the winds of winter and Song of Ice and Fire and everything uh, with him. Uh, Fire and Blood is the next book coming in the Song of Ice and Fire universe. 
but it's not in the Song of Ice and Fire series. It's not part of the Game of Thrones series. It's about the Targaryens, 300 years of history of the Targaryens, Aegon, Jaehaerys, all that. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to enjoy it. Sure, still very excited when the Winds of Winter finally gets done. Actually, one of the cool things about this article is he does say that the problem with the Winds of Winter is because of all the perspectives in Game of Thrones, he's essentially feels like he's writing 12 novels at once now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so as as the books have grown, the perspectives have grown, the stories have grown, and and he's treating each one of those perspective changes as its own full novel story. They're not like throwaway chapters to shine light on the A plot. They're all A plots. Mm-hmm. That's hard. That is very hard. And I'm wondering if uh, people are kind of thinking about the the spin-off show or uh, I don't really know what to call it. It's it's I guess technically a spin-off show than the, the next yeah. one that HBO is going to do that right, has announced right. some casting recently. Mm-hmm. Um it definitely looks based on some of the casting that it could be a Targaryen 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 Targaryen. Well, I thought it was the Long Night. So it's about the 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 creation of the White Walkers is what I've heard. Mm. I have still never been able to say that name properly. Is that surprising to you? White Walker. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No problem. Happy Perfect. to help. <laughs> Ian says, uh, Douglas Rain, sadly, the voice of Hal, has passed away. Mm, I am sorry. To hear that. Yeah, David Hal 9000. Um, so that was a bit of sad news from 2001 A Space Odyssey, of course. Um, he was the sinister voice of Hal in the sci-fi film, and uh, he died at the age of 90. Pretty good life yeah. going to 90. I mean, no one ever wants to die, you know, but uh, my, I'm going to open those pod bay doors and tribute. Oh, that was nice. Thanks. That was nice. Uh, then uh, Dara posted that Game of Thrones Season 8 will premiere in April 2019, we got a little teaser trailer, but it's really just a highlight film of previous things you've seen. There's no new footage in it, mm-hmm. uh, but it does end with April 2019. We don't have a date. We don't know which day in April. Probably going to be a Sunday. They don't say which Sunday. So it could be any given Sunday in April. We'll finally get the final season of Game of Thrones. It feels now that feels close. Like it felt far away for so long. And now yeah, that feels it was, kind of close. Because <laughs> it's been it a minute. Because it was farther away. It's been a minute. But now that it's getting closer, it feels closer. <laughs> was Thank what I was you. about to say. Thanks. Thanks for that. Um, <laughs> was, uh, 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 insightful analysis from Tom Merritt there on Veronica's words. <laughs> well, also insightful analysis on Veronica's part for saying, hmm, time has passed. That event now feels closer than it did uh, last year, for example. You can't. You don't have to pay for this kind of analysis, but you can at patreon.com slash <laughs> Also, an- another, just to make Dara Dara even more uncomfortable, you seem very firmly planted in the Dara category based on your the saying of her name throughout this uh, quick burns. I think I've been alternating it. Have you? Mm. Oh, that's confusing. Okay. Well, my, was my intention to. Yes, got it. I'm so glad I, I, I picked up on that. All right. Well, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. 
Robin starts us off with uh, DTNS Sword and Laser crossover post, oh. I feel like. <laughs> I mean, it's the kind of topic we talk about on Daily Tech News Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robin says, I work at a university and had the opportunity to hear a presentation by a renowned political scientist and cybersecurity expert. He said the biggest threat to our privacy and security will be quantum computing. Mm. I've read a few novels where quantum computing has been used for space travel or time travel or creation of multiverses, but would be interested to know if there are any near future novels or maybe post-apocalyptic novels in which quantum computing has affected cybersecurity systems. Thanks. Interesting. Uh, well, Taurus uh, says that I'm suggesting Halting State. Its plot weaves mm. around a Scotland's, England's, EU's, I forget the scale, national security war with some external threat. Of course, there are some quantum computers involved. Uh, the book starts with an investigation of a theft in an online game, game, which gathers our three main characters together, and then we follow them as the problem becomes more and more global. Interesting. Jeff recommended the book that popped right to my mind, which is After On by Rob Reed. Uh, the entire book is about a supercomputer intelligence that comes into being because of a quantum computer. Uh, and Rob did, I did a podcast with Rob about this book where he talked about all the research that he had done that informed all of the things in the book, uh, including quantum computing. So if you'd Whoa. like to know more about quantum computing, go check out the After On podcast, which he still does on his own. Uh, and it's a fantastic podcast because he's always just interviewing interesting people. But also, I think that kind of fits the bill for what Charles is asking for, too, because it's a near term quantum computer that is based in what is actually possible. Uh, and uh, the story is really fun. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'd be super interested to learn more about some of these novels and kind of dive into that a little bit more. This is a kind of a dumb question. I, I've been out of the general tech futurist space for a while. I'm sorry, how, Robin asked. I said Charles. I was looking at the wrong post. Okay. How, where are we with quantum computers? Is, do, do they exist now? Yeah, they absolutely exist. They exist fact, now? Okay. Um, you can get quantum computing as a service. Uh, where like Google and IBM and a few other of the big companies uh, make their quantum computers available through the cloud for research institutions Mm, and for research uses, mm -hmm. they aren't to the level that they can do the code breaking that would cause this speaker that Robin heard to say, this is the biggest threat uh, because they haven't got to the number of, they haven't got to the stability or the qubits yet uh, to be able to do that, but they're getting closer all the time. So they're definitely a reality now. Uh, They've gone from being like, is that D-Wave computer really quantum to like, yeah, okay, no, we absolutely have quantum computers. We just don't know what, what practical uses we can use them for yet. We're starting to get that. We're starting to see practical uses. And the big fear at Charles, the reason I was saying Charles' name is because he responded right to Robin saying, eh, I don't know if I agree with that professor because of reasons. But the big fear is that quantum computing will make child's work of factorization. Mm, right. Okay. The ability to take a number and tell you, oh, there, these two prime factors were used to create that number. That's really hard to do. Uh, it, it's 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 almost impossible to do at a at a sophisticated level, and that is how we use encryption right now. Whereas quantum computers, because they can essentially have you know an unlimited number of operations happen at once, and then just look and see which one worked can factor stuff like that. So you have to do quantum encryption, which is much <laughs> more secure, mm-hmm. but there, there'll be a short period of, of, um, 
what's it called? Uh, you won't be, you won't have parallel development, right? Right. So anybody secured with a, have a traditional to be like reactive com- too. Yeah. Anybody secured with a traditional computer will be at risk from a quantum computer until we get to the point where everything's secured with quantum computers. So is that like cryptocurrency could be cracked with quantum mm, computing? There's a lot of talk about whether cryptocurrency could be cracked. Uh, there's, there's a proof of proof involved with cryptocurrency. It's not just the cryptography involved uh, there. But yeah, it could be weakened for sure. Interesting. I know some really interesting stuff there. So when you say, I'm sorry, I could keep asking questions about that, but this is not a quantum computers podcast. So I'll move on and say, and, and honestly, you're, you're, you're like skating. I'm skating right on the edge of my understanding yeah, yeah. <laughs> in answering these questions. You should absolutely check out the after on podcast. He's, he's interviewed some folks who really know this stuff a couple of times. Awesome. Hey, so uh, Vance says, hello, all. I'm looking for something which may not exist, but I thought I would put it out there. I'm sure we can find it. (laughs) (laughs) I like cozy mysteries and was hoping to find something similar in the fantasy genre for some fall and winter reading. My own searches have resulted in a lot of young adult books, but I would prefer more mature characters. Here are the basic parameters. One. An appealing, generally limited setting, a city, pub, village, castle, ship, etc. Two, low stakes. Three, (laughs) low angst, psychological drama. Well, I feel like that would cut out a lot of YA books, too. Four, interesting characters. Five, good writing. Six, short to moderate length. Seven, preferably no coming-of-age element. Mm -hmm. Eight, no quest needed. <laughs> I, this just sounds so fun. I want to read these too. I have, he says, I have read the Discworld and Redwall books, which tick a lot of these boxes. Oddly, I wouldn't be put off by violence or a bit of dark. <laughs> An extra bonus would be a series. In short, a cool place to spend some time hanging out with interesting people. Any suggestions? Does Name of the Wind fit this description? Oh my God, I was just thinking of the same thing. I don't know if the stakes are low enough. That would be my my hesitation in, in, in also, saying it. Also, coming but, of age. Oh, there's definitely a coming of it's age A little element. too coming of age. Yeah. No, it totally fails on that. All right. Mm. You're right. Uh, but yeah, Quoth in the pub, if it was just the Quoth part of Name of the Wind, really does feel like it fits this because it's got a little dark. But we don't know what the stakes are at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, you know, just uh, if you had just a quote book of just him in the pub, uh, it would absolutely fit the bill. We, we got some great suggestions here, uh, stuff that I have never even heard of in some cases, but uh, but looks really interesting. Tales from the White Heart, Tales from Gavigan's Bar. That sounds intriguing. Uh, the Lust Lizard of Melancholy Cove. <laughs> Uh, and uh, so much good stuff here. That's just from Phil. Yeah. And Travis says the Goblin Emperor was for me precisely this sort Mm. of book, although it arguably doesn't satisfy criteria two and three, which were Mm. low stakes and low angst or psychological drama. Uh, let's see. Tracy seems uh, encouraged who Tracy also was looking for these kinds of books and said the Callahan series sounds like fun. And then Joanna says, first three Penrick novels, novellas rather, by Internal Chronology, which they list there. Uh, Later ones are somewhat less cozy, journeys, daring rescues, and so on, but still worth reading if you like the characters. Are there any cozy sci-fi books? 
No, I don't know. Oh, Trike has a bunch. What the Cat Dragged In is a cozy fantasy mystery. A College of Magics is what it says on the tin. Uh, This book was released before Harry Potter, so no contamination worries there. Uh, The Bear and the Nightingale is less cozy and more sinister as true fairy tales are, but it overlaps a bit on the Venn diagram. And uh, quite a few, maybe all, of Sheris de Lint's Newford stories. Sorry, I butchered that. Um, like the original short story collection, Dreams Underfoot. Mm-hmm. Actually, a lot of people have a lot of options here. So this is a much bigger thread than I yeah, originally Sean's thought. Sean's got a Goodness. bunch too, yeah. Joe Informatico has a bunch. So cozy. Oh, this is like Huga, Huga World. Are you familiar <laughs> with the concept of Huga? Explain. Okay, so Huga, spelled H-Y-G-G-E, is a Danish concept. Ah, you're familiar with what I'm talking about? I've seen the commercial about it. The commercial it about it? Com- yeah, somebody's using Huga oh, in a commercial. Okay. So it's kind of like the concept. It means a lot of different things, but I think cozy and family time and the feeling of like sitting in front of a fire with your cozy slippers on with a good book and a scented candle, like mm-hmm. all of those things that those bring to mind, like that is Huga. So, like, people decorate around that concept, and so people, like, live want, their life around that concept. We want Huga Punk. Huga Punk. Oh, my God. I want <laughs> it so <novels>. bad. <laughs> well, there's the title of the episode. Um, Good. Definitely have, make sure you write that down now so we don't forget. Good. Huga Punk. Uh, H-Y-G-G-A? E. H-Y-G-G-E? Yeah. Okay. Huga. It looks like, hey, Giggy. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. It's Huga. 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 But still spelled the same. Still spelled the same. Not Huga. 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 (laughs) Huga, wherever you want to. Oh, all right. Oh, and then uh, finally, we had a tweet from Arturo who says, uncomfortably, the last name Braithwaite is in Red Dead Redemption 2 <laughs> and in Lovecraft Country, dot, dot, dot. Scared. Sword and laser, please help. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be okay. It'll be okay, I promise. Hang in there, Arturo. I have not yet started playing Red Dead Redemption 2. I have it. I haven't started yet. I named someone Arturo in my NaNoWriMo novel before I read this tweet. Whoa. It's meant <laughs> Scared. <to be>. Scared. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. If you want to send us tweets at Sword and Laser, we will read them on the show. All right. Well, now it is time for our Book of the Month discussion. Uh, we are about halfway through the month, so this will not be a wrap-up or spoily, spoilery, spoilery conversation around Zeros by Chuck Wendig. But let's, no, let's chat about Huga. it a bit. Yeah. Huga and safe. Huga. I have finished this book. Oh. And I love it. You love it? I thought I would like it. I wanted to read it because I'm like, oh, I like that Chuck Wendig guy. Mm-hmm. Love to read a hacker novel. Um, there, I, I, I waded into the discussion about whether this is science fiction or not, which, mm. which of course, kind of diverted into what is a genre and what is science fiction. Because um, I think we all agreed, like, yeah, it's probably science fiction. So, so it got it, it got more interesting to talk about. But what is science fiction? Is it just science? And and. And I I believe that Zeros is a science fiction novel, and I'll give Trike the credit here, uh, who defined it sort of as taking science and extrapolating or speculating on what it could do. Oh, yeah, totally. And, 
And I think that's a great definition. I love that. And, and zeros fits the bill. It's not far in the future. It's not in space, but it's taking technology, which I'm going to say counts as science, mm-hmm. and extrapolating or speculating at what it can do. Uh, it would be spoilery to talk about why if you're only partway through and you're saying, I don't know, seems like this is all the stuff I hear about on Daily Tech News Show, <laughs> uh, you're not wrong. Uh, Chuck did a great job in grounding this in real things. So so there are a, there's a long stretch from the beginning where it feels like it's just a mainstream modern novel about what's happening today. Trust me. <laughs> I, and I know I guess it's kind of spoilery to even say the genre at that point, but it it will it will be science fiction by the time you're done. Let's just say some ball bearings enter the scene. Sure. And everything you know will change. Yes. Uh, yes, that is true. That is a true statement that you just said, that if mm-hmm. I comment on it any other way, I fear it will <laughs> become a problem. But uh, it's not the only example either. No, but no. Yeah. Um, this, this, I, and I think the fact that it does make that journey, and people debate whether they think they that the landing is stuck well or not. Some people are like, once it started going that way, I felt it was off the rails. I think it's great. I think it leads you very nicely through it. Uh, and maybe it's because I'm familiar with all the stuff he's setting up. I'm like, that's a real thing. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. And so it makes sense that from all those real things, maybe this thing could happen. Right. Uh, and maybe he should have done a little more about ball bearings in the early part. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, I like I like how it's building up. I'm not done yet. I've, I'm still about. I think I'm about to hit the seventy percent mark. Um, but so I, things have definitely gotten weird now. Um, but I'm really enjoying it too. And I I had a feeling it was going to get more what we would consider traditional sci-fi. But hey, we read. I mean, Damon and Reemdy. And we've read books like this that kind of skirt the line, uh, both actually having dealt with hacking to a large extent also, and what the future of our existing technologies can kind of morph into. Rimdi came up as another example of of the Mm -hmm. line where I'm like, well, but doesn't doesn't Rimdi get pretty sci-fi at the end as well? I mean, I don't remember. (laughs) I'm like, am I thinking of the wrong book? Um, it did have to do with hacking for sure. Yeah. 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 And video games. Nobody remembers. We've read too many books. Oh, Neil Stevenson. I mean, Ready, I'm so Ready sorry. Player One. Ready Player One yeah. is not terribly sci-fi, honestly. Honestly, I think Ready Player One is honestly m- one of the closer to f- truth i think novels in this genre in some ways yeah. in the way it's just like i guess Reem-D the way does, society has kind of come together reemdy does stick hue a little closer to the current uh it than than either zeros or ready player one but they're all kind of in that vein um and demon daniel suarez that's what i said yeah i Did said demon though oh you said damon see that's totally that's different a different novel. book different yeah. book demon <laughs> my bad <laughs> I'm like, I like how you didn't react at all at the time when I said it, like, like you didn't even know what I was talking about. Now I know you didn't. No, I really didn't. Okay. Uh, Freedom TM, the sequel to Demon Ooh, Damon, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as Dara Dara would point out. Sure. She's like, anyway. stop talking about me. <laughs> Sorry. Do we need to start calling Trike Trike? Just trike, to be fair? Trike. Now they're getting I... way too many points. <laughs> I don't even know how the point system works. I don't either. Uh, 
I also think one of the difficult things Chuck Wendig does in this book, and you should know this going in, is you're going to get a lot of POVs. You're, you've got a lot of characters. That's difficult to juggle. Um, and I think one of the things that saved it, and Jenny uh, brought this up in a different uh, thread on Goodreads, there is a seven-part uh, uh, film pattern that can be used to write film. And Jenny was speculating that Chuck was using that to write this novel. Perhaps he was doing it with the eye towards pitching it as a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's like, is this a thinly veiled attempt at that? Or is it just a natural outcome of that? And I wrote like, I don't know why it matters. If you enjoy the book, you enjoy the book. And Jenny's like, cause it's a book discussion club. That's why I bring it up. I'm like, Oh yeah, good point. Sick burn. Yeah, I know it was, and it was deserved. Uh, but it's a great point that there was a seven that there is that seven part structure here, which actually makes it easier to handle all those characters. I think, which I hadn't thought about till just now. Oh man, Reagan gives me like PTSD. <laughs> PTSD. It's just like, I mean, which is exactly the point. There was a thread about her actually in the forums uh, mm-hmm. that I don't have pulled up. I'm sorry, I can't credit the the author. Um, but it was like. Oh, this is exactly what is supposed to be happening. I'm supposed to be feeling this way because this is how actual internet trolls make you feel. Yeah. No, he he created a very believable one. Yeah, it's amazing how how well he knows that topic. It's almost even as bo- though even and he wrote this a couple of years ago. <laughs> I have a feeling he was still dealing with some of those yeah, issues I back then so. as well. Ma- imagine so. I imagine so. Um, but yeah, this this is a, uh, I, I'm enjoying it uh, very much as well. Chance is a really interesting character who's, they're mm-hmm. all dealing with their own struggles, which I think is is important. Um, and there's likable characters. I feel like every character is both likable and detestable. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's they're definitely good, on complex purpose. characters that yeah. way. Yeah. And they all represent a different kind of hacker. Mm-hmm. And they're all legitimate hackers. Oh, even I'm not Chance. even talking about just them. I'm talking about like the the NSA oh, yeah. agents, the 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 fuzz too. Yeah, yeah. Copper and um, mm-hmm. gold. Copper, <laughs> gold, <laughs> Gathian, like, or whatever. Really, you named him Copper. Really, <laughs> like, and I, I can't, can't decide if it's name. brilliant or two on the nose Ken. or brilliantly Ken. on the nose. Ken is very interesting yeah. too. Ken's an interesting one too. I'm glad he has an easy first name because I can't pronounce his last name. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, folks, if you like books about space mining salvagers and you like Veronica Belmont's voice, then you should try the audiobook Gallium, read by Veronica Belmont at audible.com, written by me. Uh, so it's it's about a woman named Maya who's a salvager who just wants to discover things, but she discovers something maybe a little too important, mm-hmm. and some people try to shut her down. Um. And if you're if you don't hate my voice on this podcast, you might not hate my voice on the audiobook. <laughs> They're ringing endorsement. Veronica does a great job reading. This, Veronica way. is self conscious, but Veronica loved reading this book and really enjoyed it. And not even just as a friend of Tom, but also as a person who reads sci fi, it was a lot of fun. So go check it out. Audible.com. Look for Gallium, G-A-L-L-I-U-M. Also, don't forget the next episode will be November 28th. Uh, Mm -hmm. If if you're like, wait a minute, you guys didn't have an episode for a while, but you're going to have another one. Yeah, we're going to have another one in two weeks. Then we'll have one a week later on December 2nd, and then we'll be back on normal track. It's holidays and travel and stuff that we're trying to navigate around. So thank you for your patience. Thank you indeed. And hey, I know you're already listening to this podcast, but if you want to listen to it in a different way, uh, mm-hmm. we're now available on Spotify. Mm. 
which is very cool. So you could like have your Quavo playlists just transition right into us. That's right. I don't know what that means, but yes. Or your chill vibes. Yeah. Playlist, yeah. for example, mm-hmm. or your mm-hmm. um, your metal workout vibes. Yeah. Playlist. Right into your sword and laser playlist. Perfect. All right there. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everyone. Our show is currently entirely funded by you, our patrons. Expect some awesome changes there in the near future. Uh, thank you to all the folks who back us. If you want to learn more and support us, head to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books. Uh, I mean, kind of just anytime, really, because reading in general supports us. Books. But if you really want to support us directly, go to swordandlaser.com slash picks and buy some books through those links. It's like our own little bookstore there, swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email at feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 415-7-SWORD-6. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.